It's Friday, May 12th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. A good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got three briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, we tackled the U.S. immigration crisis this morning, and we're going to take a journey from Guatemala to the rural parts of New York State. And I'm going to bring you news that you likely have not heard. Second, some good news from the World Health Organization. The monkeypox emergency has been declared over. Although, there are some growing questions about the effectiveness of the monkeypox vaccine that they've been using. Third, some more good news. And this one is for your pocketbook. Egg prices, ladies and gentlemen, are coming down. I've got those details. Later, we close out the podcast with a listener question about why I brief you all on health issues like COVID or autism and obesity when I'm a CIA guy, not a health expert. All right, fair enough. I've got an answer for that question coming up. But first, let's get to our top story of the morning. Well, folks, Title 42 has officially ended At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. lost one of its most critical immigration tools. And along with it, critics are saying that we have lost the ability to properly control the southern border. And one of those critics, folks, is Arizona's Democrat-turned-independent Senator Kristen Sinema, who told CBS News that, quote, the Biden administration had two years to prepare for this and did not do so, end quote. Well, whether you agree with her or not, we are going to dig into why she thinks there is a growing crisis, talking about news that you probably haven't heard. And folks, to visualize the scope of this problem, you might want to grab a map, either in your mind or on your phone or computer. And we're going to start in the country of Guatemala, which sits just south of Mexico. In fact, it's where most migrants pass through as they come from places like Venezuela or Nicaragua, Cuba, in fact, as far away as China. Well, this morning, the president of that country, of Guatemala, a man named Alejandro Giamatti, is claiming that at least 80,000 illegal migrants have just passed into his country and are on the way to the United States. So the president made that claim to a Republican representative from Texas, a fellow named Tony Gonzalez, but it was also confirmed by the New York Post. So meanwhile, in addition to those 80,000 illegal migrants, there are another 60,000 migrants who are already passing through his country but are stuck on the border that he shares with Mexico, stopped for the moment by an increased number of Mexican National Guardsmen. So here's that story. Yesterday, the president of Mexico said that he had surged additional personnel to that border between his country and Guatemala, but he didn't release any numbers. Now, in the past, they've typically been sent to the southern Mexican city of Tapachula. If you've got your maps out, you can find that. But eventually, the crowds of these migrants force their way across the border and these guards give way. And eventually, all these folks head to the United States. And to be clear, these migrants are pretty motivated to push on. And that's because, as noted by the Mexican president, Mr. Lopez Obrador, there are more smugglers now down there than ever before. And they're actually promising these illegal migrants access to the United States for around $8,000 to $10,000 per person. All right, so let's leave Guatemala and that border with Mexico and head north. Now, generally, most migrants are either taking a bus towards the United States or increasingly they are taking a freight train. 
upwards of 500,000 illegals a year take an unauthorized ride up north on a freight train nicknamed the Beast. Although I should say that the rides aren't exactly unauthorized. The train conductors are in on it. As noted by the Migration Policy Institute, the train conductors demand bribes from those riders and from the ladies, they demand other things as well, whether they consent or not. Regardless, folks, as we imagine ourselves heading north this morning, we get to the border between the United States and Mexico and we see some jaw-dropping scenes this morning. So if we look from west to east, right, there are at least 16,000 illegals waiting to cross near San Diego. There are another 35,000 waiting to cross at El Paso. Then there are another 15,000 or so in Brownsville, Texas, right? Those numbers, by the way, are according to reports from the New York Post. Now, you may be wondering how those migrants will eventually get across or how perhaps we might stop them. But if you're hoping for that, in other words, to prevent passage of these folks into the United States, well, the U.S. government has apparently given up on that idea. As reported by the Washington Examiner, there are thousands of illegal migrants camped out in Matamoros, Mexico, which sits right across from Brownsville, Texas. And the U.S. Department of Homeland Security has apparently ordered its Border Patrol officers there to make it easier for migrants to cross, not to block them or make it more challenging as you might hope or expect. So here's how it's working. Border Patrol agents text and coordinate with their Mexican immigration colleagues across the river and ask them to divide the illegals into groups of 150. Then when U.S. officials are ready to process those illegals, the Border Patrol agents text those Mexican officials who then release the 150 people, well, to swim across the Rio Grande. Border Patrol agents then receive those folks and take them to processing facilities. Now, if this sounds a bit more like, you know, receiving people at airports, well, it is, and it's wrong, which is why the Washington Examiner reached out to the U.S. Department of Homeland Security to clarify. Well, apparently, they have not yet responded. I think I know why. Anyway, that means that illegal migrants, folks, are coming ready or not. And that means that they're heading all over the United States. So let's first stop this morning in the city of Chicago. So as reported by Bloomberg News, the Windy City has already received its first bus from the border this morning, 48 people in all from Texas. But that adds to the number that are already there, which has caused an emergency declaration declared by the mayor of that city and a shortage of temporary housing. The mayor's office announced that public buildings, school gyms, and even police stations are going to start housing illegal migrants, of course, as the numbers are expected to spike over the weekend. All right, we are going to now head from Chicago and go east to Washington, D.C., with word from the newspaper there, the Washington Post, that the city got its first two buses yesterday from Texas and a third from the state of Arizona, which was authorized by the Democrat governor there, Katie Hobbs. Well, those buses, ladies and gentlemen, and the many before them are proving to be very expensive for the city of D.C. Since October of last year, the city has spent $12 million on hotel bills alone. And that number, by the way, is expected to reach $52 million by next October. And unfortunately, the folks who are arriving, these illegal migrants, are bringing with them an assortment of health challenges to include bedbugs, which are spreading in these hotels. 
Back in February, the D.C. City Council got an earful about these outbreaks, plus mold that is apparently growing in the hotel walls. Now, interestingly, the Post interviewed one illegal migrant who was on one of these buses. The name is uh, Mandy Rivera, who I believe is from Venezuela. And she said that she chose Washington, D.C. because of what a friend told her. Right. Here's the quote. They were telling me that I would be taken care of by this city with free things. End quote. In other words, migrants are very much aware of sanctuary city policies and, well, exactly what they're going to be offered. And so that is precisely where they go. All right. Now, meanwhile, since we are in Washington, D.C., talking about this crisis, we should probably stop at Capitol Hill this morning where Republicans have passed an immigration bill designed to address this crisis. So in short, it would reinstitute a lot of former President Donald Trump's policies from building a wall and fencing to the remain in Mexico policy. And that's a big one because it would force asylum seekers, which make up the vast majority of these folks coming here unlawfully. Well, it forces them to remain in Mexico as they await a ruling on their asylum requests, which can take years. Now, there are other provisions in this bill, which, by the way, passed the House. But I got to tell you, it is dead on arrival in the Senate where Democrats hold the majority there and have said they're not even going to consider this. Meanwhile, the White House has promised a veto of this bill as well. All of that, by the way, is based on reporting from the Wall Street Journal. All right, next, we are going to leave Washington, D.C. for New York City, where there are, well, around 80,000 people in that city's shelter system this morning, half of whom are illegal migrants. So as reported by the New York Post, the New York Times, and the Washington Examiner, the city folks has run out of room for all these 80,000 people. Plus, they're anticipating a doubling of new illegals to 1,000 a day. So that has led New York City's Mayor Eric Adams to change a local rule that used to stipulate that all people be given shelter within, I believe it's 24 hours of arrival, including, by the way, they were going to get private bathrooms and kitchens all for families. Well, instead of that rule, the mayor has disbanded it, and he's looking for other places to house illegal migrants, from hotels, of course, to gyms at police stations, of all places. Now, he could also offer up, say, rent vouchers for apartments in this city, but there's just one problem with that. Rents are hitting a record high in New York City. According to Bloomberg News, median rents are now at 4175 bucks a month in Manhattan. In Brooklyn, not much of a better deal there. It's about $3,500 a month. In Queens, oh, you're going to get a deal. It's $3,300 a month. By the way, those amounts appear to be for a one-bedroom apartment. Well, given that expense for rentals in this city, the mayor has decided that rural and suburban New York State need to carry the burden, whether they like it or not. So as reported by Axios, the first buses of New York City's illegals have arrived in the suburban counties of Orange and Rockland, although that is a bit curious. Because on Wednesday, Mayor Adams had actually promised county officials that he would not send any buses to their counties, all to avoid you know, legal wrangling. But he did it anyway, dumping the illegals in their towns in the dead of night. So here's Orange County Executive Steve Newhouse explaining what happened. Quote, last night, the state and city assured us that no buses would be coming up here. But sadly, we learned that we cannot trust the word from the mayor, Eric Adams. Right? The whole process has been a disorganized disaster. 
And the blame lies with the mayor of New York, who opened the door with sanctuary policies and now has a self-induced crisis. Okay, well, if you're feeling bad for the folks in Orange and Rockwell counties, I'm sorry to say that it's going to get worse. The American Civil Liberties Union announced yesterday that they are suing those two counties for trying to stop those buses of illegal migrants, insisting that local residents should not have a say in whether or where those illegals ended up in their hometowns. So here's a quote. Migrants have every right to travel and reside anywhere in New York, free of xenophobic harassment and discrimination, end quote. The ACLU added, just for good measure, that county officials are just racist. All right, my friends, there you have it. Our first brief this morning on America's immigration crisis. And I'd like to summarize what we just covered, though I'm going to be pivoting now away from facts and data to my opinion and analysis. All right, so here's what we know. We've got 140,000 illegal migrants who are on the way, either just entering Guatemala or trying to get through. And they will join the other 65,000 that are already on the border trying to get across this morning. And cross they will. The Department of Homeland Security is apparently working with the Mexican officials to process 150 illegals at a time, instructing them to swim over the Rio Grande when they can best be processed instead of trying to stop them from crossing at all. And so these 200,000 illegals will end up in all sorts of places all around America, like Chicago, which is housing them in police stations, or they're going to end up in Washington, D.C., attracted to that city because of sanctuary policies and freebies, as confirmed this morning by the Washington Post. Meanwhile, they're going to be housed in hotels in Washington, D.C. that in some cases are now filled with bedbugs and mold. Or perhaps the illegal migrants will end up in New York City, joining the other 80,000 in the shelter system. That is, of course, if there's room. And if there's not, maybe they'll sleep at a police station, just like in Chicago, which makes no sense. Or perhaps they'll be sent onward to rural or suburban counties like Orange and Rockwell. And if those counties or counties like yours protest and say that your communities don't want these illegal migrants or you don't have the capacity to deal with them, well, then Democrat mayors like Eric Adams or organizations like the ACLU, they're going to do it anyway. In fact, they're going to break their word or sue you into submission. So that, ladies and gentlemen, is America this morning. But I'll tell you, it didn't have to be this way. As Senator Kristen Sinema of Arizona said, in fact, what I shared with you at the top of this brief, the White House had two years to prevent this, but they chose not to. And that's what I want to leave you with. All of this is a choice, right? This crisis, and if I may, this decline of America and our embrace of law and order, it's all a choice. But I'll tell you, it doesn't have to end this way, right? That's your choice. You have got a voice in an election next year. And the extent to which that you think that this America is on the wrong track, you've got a voice and a choice at the ballot box. And my hope, my prayer is that you choose well. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Now, most of you likely won't hear any ads over the next couple of minutes, so enjoy the ad-free experience, and we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with two pieces of good news. First, let's start with an announcement from the World Health Organization that another epidemic is under control. 
This one is the monkeypox virus. Cases are down 90% over the past three months. So to refresh our memories on this issue, this virus, this monkeypox, is a cousin of the chickenpox, and it's endemic or common to Central and Western Africa, countries like the Congo and Cameroon and Nigeria. So for years, it's been a terrible public health problem there. That doesn't kill people, but boy, oh boy, it makes you miserable and more susceptible to getting other diseases. Well, last summer, there was a very strange global outbreak of this otherwise isolated African virus. It started popping up in all sorts of different strange places all around the world, almost exclusively amongst gay and bisexual men. Now, there was an emergency use of a, a smallpox vaccine that was believed to have a degree of efficacy or control with this monkeypox virus, and so they gave it to the populations most affected. And it seemed to help, in fact. Case counts are down, as I said, 90% globally. And that has led the World Health Organization to declare that the global health emergency is over. Although, there is this. Health officials in Illinois and the country of France have reported over the past week or so that there's been an outbreak amongst people that are fully vaccinated with that emergency use vaccine for monkeypox. So what's going on with that? Well, public health officials are investigating precisely the reason for it. But meanwhile, the CDC is saying, quote, no vaccine is 100 percent effective, end quote which is a very interesting statement to make. We're going to come back to that another time. But meanwhile, the overall trajectory of cases for monkeypox is down globally. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and count that as a victory, especially for our friends in Africa this morning. For our second piece of good news this morning, let's talk about your pocketbook and how you might be able to keep a bit more money in it. So eggs are about to get a lot cheaper for you, and that'll come as welcome news if you've tried to buy eggs over the past six months. All right, so here's what we know as reported by Axios News. The wholesale prices that retailers are paying for eggs is down to 78 cents per dozen, right? That number was at $5.30 a dozen just back in December. So the cause for that spike, as you may recall, was largely around the outbreak of an avian flu Right, and that led to the death or the culling of the egg layers. But a new generation of chickens has been hatched, and they are busy laying those eggs for your breakfast this morning. Now, I should note that you are almost certainly going to be paying more than 78 cents per dozen. Right? So that amount is the wholesale price that your grocery store pays. The difference then that you pay is the profit that they collect. So keep that in mind the next time you're looking for some bargains. Now at least you know that the price that they pay is, well, 78 cents a dozen. So grab your coupons and haggle your way towards a better deal. All right. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, which will be ad-free for now. And we will be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. So I got a question from Jerry in Boise, Idaho. He offered up this observation and a question. Quote, you've previously said that you prefer to stay in your lane when it comes to certain topics like avoiding social issues. But I've noticed that you do cover health issues. Now, I enjoy them. Don't get me wrong. But square that for me since you're not a doctor and your lane is not medicine. End quote. Oh, OK, Jerry. Fair observation. And you know what? It's actually a great question. So let me start with COVID. All right. I found that during the pandemic, I couldn't trust what I was being told. 
especially about vaccines and blood clotting issues. And for me, that was really bad news because I have a modest blood clotting disorder. And I was not going to trust the the lies or the half-truths from people at the CDC or Pfizer or Moderna. Right? I had to learn how to educate and advocate for myself. And so through that education and advocacy, I choose to bring you all what I've learned with the very clear caveat that it is your body, your risk, your choice. You do what's best for you. Second, you probably hear me talk about autism or ailments affecting kids. And that is for one big reason. All right? I have friends and loved ones with autistic kiddos, and I have seen the challenges and the joys of raising autistic children. And so I am always on the hunt for good news for families dealing with that challenge. Now, lastly, I talk about obesity, and I do uh, so for two reasons. First, it is a national crisis that is affecting our national security, and that is in my lane. All right, so consider this. Only 40% of America's kids are physically capable of meeting requirements for basic military training. All right, that's according to the U.S. Department of Defense. Meanwhile, around 20% of our active service members are obese. All right, that is a nightmare when you are staring down a war in Ukraine and potentially with China. Ah, one last thing. So I'm pushing 50, which is just shocking for me to say. So Jerry, as I now sometimes wake up and I ache for absolutely no reason, I'm more attuned to medical developments around aging because I don't like it. And so I'm looking for, well, the medical fountain of youth which it appears is just good exercise and a good diet. But I tell you, if I find a a potion or a pill, I'll let you know, but no promises. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you Monday, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.